Nice to be in Sela tonight. You ever have situations going on in your life and you wonder, you know, man, hello, Lord, hello. You're, you're aware, right? You know about what's happening here. And it's like, okay, I'll just, so everybody can identify, right? You've been there. Elder Hart has shared oftentimes of the uh, people he's interacted with, oftentimes at work, and uh, of course, you know, you know, we we just we don't believe in coincidences in the kingdom of God. Walking with Him in Him, we uh, we don't consider you know circumstances to be coincidental, but that. The hand of the Lord has somehow directed. Now, the hand of the Lord does not direct um, conveniently. No. I was, uh, was driving over here yesterday from Puyallup. The roads were bad, by the way. Oh, was it Monday? What's the day? Oh, it's Wednesday. My apologies. It was Monday. They were bad. And uh, I almost made it home. It's just on the other side of that hill right over there. And traffic was slowing down. Saw some lights. Okay. Came to a halt. Now, I turned my flashers on because I noticed that people behind me in my mirrors, they weren't watching. And I saw them doing this. And I'm thinking, oh, I hope they, oh, I hope they finally just turned out of their way. <clears throat> anyway, this little car ends up behind me. And uh, we stop. People are getting out because obviously the, it is stopped. And uh, so I get out and just kind of look. Can't see a whole lot. Young man gets out behind me and he starts talking to me. And uh, it's cold. I'm not going to stand outside here. So I get back in my truck, and I sit there for an hour and a half. I'm watching home improvement videos on YouTube on my phone. I am trying to entertain myself, and nothing's moving. The snow's falling, and so it gives the appearance through your windshield that something's moving, but it's just the snow. And so anyway, before I know it, an hour and a half passes, and young man gets out of the car behind me again. He comes up, wants to have conversation. And so he starts, besides the road conditions and the fact that he had rear-wheel drive and he was worried about getting started and all this, said that he was traveling over the pass because of a business he has over here and his fiance was in the car with him. And anyhow, he's giving me all these details. And so in two minutes, we're talking about Acts 38, the oneness of God. Not for me, but for him. But he's telling me his story, how he came from the Philippines, was born in Manila. But he, had, uh, he was attending the Catholic Church somewhere. But anyway, he said, I left. And he said, I was the most anti-Catholic Church on the planet. And so I said, you know, so I was quizzing him. So where did that take you? And so he... 
you know, he was obviously well versed in the word and in doctrine. But he said, well, I, you know, I went down this path and, you know, went here and there. And he said, I went back to the Catholic Church. Well, that's interesting. And so I said, you know, it's cold. Why don't you get in the truck? So he did. And we visited probably 30 minutes. I witnessed to him. Shared my testimony. We talked a little bit about scripture. And he says, I think the cars are moving. I said, no, that's just the snow. (laughs) No, I guess they are moving. He says, do you have a card? Give me a card. He said, would you meet me for coffee? (laughs) Sure. Here, take, take my card. Well, he's so afraid driving in these conditions, he's, he's right on my tail. No matter what I did, he was right behind me. And so up over the hill we made and down. It was the worst I've ever been on that road. I was in four-wheel drive and my truck was doing this. Two-wheel drives, they were going the ditch. Okay? It was bad. I've been driving that road for more than 30 years. Now, we get to the exit out here and I'm getting off. And so, you know, they're going on past me. They both, they roll their window down and they're going. And I'm thinking, man, is this really happening? You know, it becomes obvious that God used those circumstances to put the two of us in the same truck cab and have a conversation. How odd is that? Out on the side of a hill. Stuck in a snowstorm. Well, it wasn't a storm. But. And so, I'm th- you know the first thought that came to me after that was? So how is it that sometimes we just don't think he knows where we are? That was the first thought that came to me. How is it that he... That we could wonder at times. Does he know where I'm at? And what I'm going through. And my circumstances. Oh yeah. Every detail. Every detail. I am. I marvel at how many people that I am. I'm going to use the term running into. But I know I'm not running into them. That it's like, wow, this is like this is an appointment, you know, and it doesn't take very long communicating. You realize this is not a coincidence and uh, it may be inconvenient, but this is the hand of the Lord. I've, we have we have got to be available to that, don't we? We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. He owns us. He owns our lives. I've been driving past a business on South First Street for, I don't know, maybe 10 years. Solar Energy Place. Anybody know where that is? Where is it? Right across from Home Depot or some right in there, right? Yeah, across from Les Schwab or next to Les Schwab. Solar Energy Place. I don't know why. I'm, I'm going to a tire place or no, it wasn't there. I was going to Home Depot. Anyhow, I, I decided I'm going to pull in. 
I'm, I've got some questions I'm going to ask this guy. So I pull in, I, I go in there, and, you know, I have resisted that temptation for years. But the other day, I didn't resist. I pulled in. I went inside, had a little conversation. They took my name, gave me an appointment, which I forgot all about, until he calls me today and he says, I'm ready for our appointment. I said, for solar energy. Oh, that's right. I forgot all about that. Come on out. So he comes out. I have a conversation with him. We go out, talk about stuff. I invite him into the house. He's going to write me this estimate of some things that I'm inquiring about. And we're having all this conversation. He was there for over an hour. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at him because I'm wondering, what, what is this really all about? And so in our dialogue, he's finding all of these things that we are very similar about. He's making all these comparisons. And, and so he starts to say, just before he's leaving, he says to me, he says, man, we are alike in so many ways. Okay. And he says, what do you do? I said, well, I'm in the ministry. I said, I travel, uh, you know, back and forth to Puyallup. And when I said Puyallup, he goes. Why? I said, we have we have another congregation over there. And so I spend time there. Puyallup. I said, yeah, why? He said, I go to Puyallup every week. That's starting to feel spooky. <laughs> he says, me and my girlfriend go to Puyallup and go to church. Fancy that. Which one? So we exchanged a little information there. And it's like he walks out the door because his truck like. And I went into the house, and I said to the Lord, and anybody else who would hear me, there are people everywhere that are on the verge of a turn, or they're waiting for some messenger to come their way. And so I begin to pray for him, and... The young man out on the freeway yesterday. And I'm driving here. I thought, this is just two days. This is just two days in my life. And there are people seemingly everywhere that I am obligated to be sensitive to God. To know what is the real purpose. What is the divine purpose for this encounter? Okay, I'd like to read to you from the scripture here. We are living in a world that's very troubled. And the mood has changed. Quite a bit. I'm sure there's been difficult times in the history of 
obviously the world, but I live in America. And so there, there's been difficult times in the past, but there's been an eroding. There's something that continues to erode in the life that we're living in. And you wonder how far it can go. It's the lack of respect that people have one for another and the things that they will allow to come out of their mouth, no matter who they're talking to. Does it strike you that way? Now, I don't know about you, but I got to fight the temptation to say some things that are working their way to my or it's turning around up in here and formulating and it's getting better in the sense of sharper stronger man you just like oh if I could just am I the only one in the room okay I guess I'll be okay then it's kind of feeling bad But I, I, I have to fight and resist the temptation even to say things just out loud in my car when I'm listening to the radio to some of the things that are done and said in our world, you know. Second Peter chapter 2 at verse 1. We're kind of going midstream here in this verse, but bear with me if you would. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately bring, shall bring in damnable heresies, false teachings, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Now, there are truths in the word of God that you know that you hold dear because you know how true they are. And so when verbalization is giving from some avenue that confronts that truth. It kind of stings. It, it, it kind of, it, you know, it bothers you. It's like, wait, wait, no, that's not right. You want to, let me fight back. Let me stop this assault that you're delivering to the public with your verbalization. Verse three, and through covetousness shall they shall they with fiend words make merchandise of you whose judgment not of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not now watch this comparative for if God spared not the angels that sinned but cast them down to hell delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, 
and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them without an o- with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. It says, and I want to say, but, but delivered just lot. Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly, most importantly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Where'd that come from? This is a this is a strong descriptive of a people's way and a people's walk that he's referring to as ungodly, driven of their own lusts. And despise government? Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Now, this is the, these are the words that just seem to circle in my mind over and over and over again. This is the direction that a, that a society has headed. An anti-Christ, anti-God society. And he's charging them. We're in the same setting here. We haven't left. We haven't gone to another part of the conversation. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. I want to be careful of what comes out of my mouth. Now, like I said, I've been fighting the temptation to say some things. Nobody I can say them to. But sometimes I just want to say it out loud. Like I'm going to get some kind of a release or some kind of a, I don't know, you know. And sometimes the more I hear the stronger the feeling gets. That's my humanity. Okay. If we, if we will, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. 
I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. He's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. That's the desire of his heart. That is his wishes. This is what he thinks about. You know, we're living in a, in a political arena where people are thinking about, how can I counter that? How can I get back? How can I strike back? And the Lord says, let me tell you what's on my mind. I want to read one more setting of scripture here. Romans chapter 3. No, Romans 13. Looks like it's verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that receive, or no, they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Kind of gives you the idea there's a lot of people in trouble right now. Well, they haven't seen the, out, the, the fallout of it yet. But they're in trouble. For verse 3, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. There's more there that you can read. It goes right along those same lines. But I, I want to. Something happened to me in the car today. It was like out of nowhere. There was a compassion that came over me. For all of these defiant faces that I'm seeing in the media. I'm not going to call out names, but I started calling their names out in the car. And, I, and all of a sudden, I began to weep. And I'm thinking, wow, this is God because that ain't me. I better yield to this. And I started praying for their hearts to turn to God. 
and that they would turn in repentance to him with a compassion. Not a you better repent or you're going to perish. But I was, I was so thankful that, that that could happen. That's my apartment. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't we talk to the Lord right now? Why don't we talk to him about our heart? About those we come in contact with. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father. Father, you died for every soul. You shed your blood for every life. You gave yourself. Jesus, in your name. Hallelujah. Ira la masio rekiende le di arabakai ere le di aramane lo bokoshe. Come on, talk with him. Yes, talk with him. Let him talk through us in Jesus' name. Ira mando lo bokoye. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You know, some of you have heard uh, Brother Martin reference the conversation um, that he and I had three years ago. When I made an expression to him that, hey, you're not subject to this world's economy. 
and uh, it's turned in my thoughts and some of our conversation has come back up again in the last few days or week and I uh, the other thing we must realize is we're not subject to this world system we're not subject to this world system once we've been bought with a price and washed in his blood, we belong to him. This is why we pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. Uh, we live within this world. Yes, we honor the laws of the land. We honor those in authority and governments and we are not subject to the world system. It's important because, as Bishop shared, a humanity can rise up against some of those things. Right? I, I don't know why my mind goes back tonight to 9-11. Of all times, I remember, like many people that were alive then, you remember where you were when the news came. Uh... I still remember to this day, Brother Ron Chamberlain called me early in the morning and said, Hey, have you heard? Did you hear? Have you heard? Have you? I, I still remember. I was uh, sitting on a floor in my home and, and uh, I don't know why this all comes back to me now, but I remember uh, talking to a group of young people shortly thereafter. Um, and I never thought this way before, um, but of course, in our nation, there was a lot of sorrow, but there was also a lot of anger, right, and a lot of rage, and a lot of, uh, and uh, it was unique to me at the time, because I, where I worked, uh, just across the street, I would go have lunch periodically, and I'd be developed a friendship with the man there that ran this little uh, gyro shop. Gyro sounds pretty good right now. And uh, I developed a relationship with him, and we'd had some conversations about the word. He he taught me a lot about Ishmael and descendants of Ishmael that I didn't really, he gave me insight I didn't have until that time, and he was Muslim. It's all flooding my spirit again tonight all of a sudden. And uh, I felt like I wanted to reassure him that after that event. Hey, I, I, I'm not judging you. There was a lot, of, a lot of language going around, a lot of stuff hitting people's mouths. And people I'm related to were saying some stuff, and I'm... And uh, my son and I, Joe, when he graduated high school, we took a cruise for a few days, a father-son deal. It was a commitment I'd made to him. And we were on a big ship, as far as I was concerned, too long. But uh, I enjoyed the time with him, and we enjoyed our time when we were off of it. But I'd wake up in the morning. The great thing about waking up in the early morning on a cruise ship is everybody else is still asleep in their rooms. You got the ship to yourself. You can walk and talk and pray and eat free food when you pass by. And 
Well, I, after about the third day, I found out where the coffee shop was that made real coffee, and so I would go there in the mornings, and nobody else would be there, but somebody was always there to make you coffee. And uh, I met a guy there, I think on the fourth day, from Texas. He started talking to me. We started visiting and talking. And uh, you ever met somebody that was like really educated and knowledgeable and and you could tell they were like they had it all put together and maybe it could be a little intimidating when you're talking with them like, man, you're talking about stuff. I don't even, you're going to have to come like down here a little bit for me and you to keep having this conversation each morning. But uh, he, a doctor, professor in a college, he was he was a little bit older than I was. And uh, uh, a well-spoken man, a kind man, and we, uh, he was Middle Eastern. And uh, we were visiting and talking, and that was day one. The second day, when I'm there getting my coffee, he showed up again. And so for the next four days, the last four days of that cruise, we just met every morning. I, I'd be there, and he'd show up. And uh, I sort of felt like he was coming on purpose. I was definitely showing up on purpose, but it was usually 10 or 15 minutes later, he'd come by, pull up a seat, and he talked about living in Texas and being Middle Eastern. And all the challenges and the things he dealt with. And uh, I thought, I wonder what type of name the church has to him. When he hears the term Christian, what does he see? When he hears child of God, does he think of someone? And those things weighed on me again after 9-11 in that conversation. And um, you understand, I don't support acts that hurt people and destroy people. But we're very good about lumping everybody into a group. We're very good about that. And there's evil in the world. We have to pray against it. But we're not wrestling flesh and blood. And so I think this is important, very, very important tonight. As we are moving in the days and the times that we're living in, and the church being the church. I don't mean gathering in a building, we know that, but the church being the church to a world about us. And if we engage in certain conversations, it may close the door to someone that we are supposed to be there for. It may close the door to someone we can be there for. I don't know about you. I probably do because you're human like me, but I won't put words in your mouth. If I'm not careful, I can be pretty opinionated. Be pretty passionate about things. I was talking with my wife and son about this today. I was having some people at work 
pushing on my last nerve, and I was doing everything I could to not let it break. And it was wearing on me. It was it was literally wearing on me. I told my wife and kid, I want to say, man, it's just pressing. This is more something's pressing on me. This is more than my coworkers. This is something pressing on me, and I'm just need to pray. We need to understand. It's not people. It's not people. It's spiritual that we're pressing against. And we're called to war against it. And we will overcome because the word is clear. And we use this, it's a good rah-rah, but we must hold to the truth. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That speaks of this world, this world system, those things. And so... On our job, those things that will come and press against us. I need the wisdom of the Lord. So that my conversation is seasoned with salt. So that my words are seasoned with salt. So the things I do are. You and I understand we're the salt of the earth. And so these people we're working with. We're going to hear conversations and there's going to be pressure to take a side or to give my two cents worth. And I'm not telling you we need to just walk around with our tongue held tight between our teeth and never engage in conversation. We have to engage. Hear me. We have to engage. We must open our mouth and speak. So the message is not be quiet and don't don't ruffle any feathers. The message is, I need to be fellowshipping him so that the things I'm communing are coming from him, not from my own opinion and thought process and pattern, my own heart, my own. It's got to be flowing from him. Sometimes when I say something that's flowing from him, they may not like what you or I say. But as long as I say it in love. Compassion. Amen. Let's pray again. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, I pray your word and your spirit working in us, working in us. You see each one of us individually and collectively, you know where you have placed us. You know those for whom you have placed us, Father. You see co-workers, friends in our school. You see relationships. You see acquaintances, Lord. Those made and those not yet made. All of them you're aware, Father. And you place your bride in the earth to be a voice and a vessel for you. Your church, Father, in the earth. I pray your word in our mouth, Father. The flow of your spirit through our lives for your glory and for your purpose. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Why don't we stand together tonight?
in Jesus' name. Would you trust him to work in you and through you? Would you make this a matter of prayer in your daily walk and relationship with him? He wants to use each one of us. These stories that Bishop shared at the outset, they're not reserved for a select few. It's just walking in the Spirit. And walking in the Spirit isn't spooky. You can feel that way, like Bishop said, every once in a while, but. Bishop didn't have to do a whole lot to make that guy pull up behind him. You understand? I'm not, I'm not minimizing what took place. You understand? We just Sometimes we can build this idea in our mind that it's a select few. And when will I get to? No, I just become in communion with him, available to him, sensitive to him, and aware. Give us awareness, Lord. Amen? Awareness. Praise God. God bless you. Greet someone. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.